well, it is an honor to be here for the third time this year. Before 2018 or 2019, I had never been to New York, never cared to. But hey, third time's a charm, and this is going to be powerful. So thank you all for uh, allowing me to be with you guys again. Um, my name is Wes Chenault, like he said. Um, I'm the IM4 director from the Epic campus there in Decatur. Um, but we're growing, guys. Look at this. Like, holy cow. 200 guys. I'm excited for what's happening in this city, and uh, what you guys are experiencing is what we want to see happening all over the country. So if you have other, other influences all over this country, like, let's, just, let's, let's keep this thing going, right? Like, let's, let's go and spread the word. Because God's doing some incredible things through this movement, and uh, from a personal standpoint, like, I cannot believe I'm standing here in front of you guys. I uh, attended my first Iron Four conference, the very first Iron Four conference six years ago, as an alcoholic, as a guy that didn't have a clue uh, where I was going to go in my life, uh, had a lot of issues, still do, but... God's working through this movement and helping me out and, and allowing me to be healed from a lot of things. But it's just unbelievable that I was sitting in those seats that you're in just six years ago, and now I'm getting to travel all over the place and, and get to see this transform other men's lives. So once again, praise God. Thank you for, uh, once again, allowing me to be here. I want to honor uh, Pastor IV. Like, I know, like... I can't even put into words, like, what, like, I'm, I'm here, man, like, oh, my God, I, I just can't put into words, like, how much it means to me that you trust me with this, and just, man, getting to do what's in my heart is just, it's a blessing, and I can't, I can't say enough about what you've done for me, so thank you so much, Pastor Josh, freaking love you, man. My face is not that pretty, but, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll work on that. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to honor you guys, too, for real, because, like, it takes a lot in a culture that is absent of strong men um, to show up and give a whole weekend to find out what God's trying to do in you is big. Like, come on, I didn't hear enough amens right there. Like, hey, give yourself some freaking credit. Y'all sacrificed a whole weekend to be here. So I honor you guys for that, for real. For real. So um, for, for a little bit more of an encouragement, our first conference had, what, 100 guys? 120 in Decatur? And guys, this, 200. And this is year one? Like, come on. Like, let's, something's happening in Buffalo, right? So... Because I saw some cats sleeping in the back in the break, I'm going to do a little exercise, okay? So anytime that I count to three, I'm going to say one, two, three. Everybody's going to say, king, all right? I know this is going to take some reps, so let's, let's get into it. Everybody in the back, everybody in the shadows, you with me? Okay, so I'm going to say one, two, three, and you're going to repeat, king. Let's try it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Y'all caught on pretty quick. All right, let's pray and then break into this, all right? Father God, thank you so much for today. I thank you for this movement and what you are doing through it in this place. Father, I pray that you just drop down on this place right now and just do something that we have never experienced or dreamed possible, Father. I just pray that you speak directly to us in a personal way where we will walk away transformed and different because we know that we have met with you today. Father, I pray that you use my voice, you use what you've done in me to uh, impart things into this house and into these men where they can take this and move in incredible ways with their families and their environments as they leave here this weekend. Father, we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all have been learned a lot so far. So dive in. We're going to be talking about key. learned is an Alabama term. It, Right? Or is that a thing here too? No, I <laughs> got a lot of. What are you talking about? Okay, you have been taught a lot. I'm from Pumpkin Center, by the way. Everybody, anybody heard of that? <laughs> okay, no hands. Shocker. It's literally spelled P U N K I N. 
Center. Yeah, yeah. Little redneck from Pumpkin Center, Alabama is up here going to learn you something. Anyway. All right, let's get to the notes. I'm going to try to stick to them. I kind of like to chase rabbits, so I'm going to try to stick my notes best I can. So king, a king knows his identity. Everybody got a sheet? Anybody need, need some notes? Back here, guys, if we can hook them up. Cool. A king knows his identity. You cannot receive your full inheritance without knowing who your father is. It's hard to understand what kind of kingdom that you are serving if you don't know the inheritance that was brought into your life and what you have domain over. So knowing who you are and whose you are is pretty key. You've heard that a lot this weekend. We can't stress that enough. Like it's, 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 it's like the key to all of this. You don't only just have to know whose you are, like salvation, who's you, now you are God's child, but who are you? What's your identity? I'm not talking about a resume. Now, I'm a Bible scholar. I've been through a Bible college. I, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I'm the, none of that stuff. I'm not a professional public speaker. I'm none of those things. But if you are, that's not who you really are. That's your resume. That's what you would put down. But who are you? Knowing what your purpose is in the earth, that's what you've got to know first. And you've, been, you've inherited God's kingdom. So anything's possible, right? I should have got a whole lot more amens on that one again. So you got to know who you are and who you are. You're God's chosen son. We can't, once again, we can't stress that enough. We as men benefit only from the authority he has given us. Romans 13 once says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those which, which exist are established by God. So I'm, I want to keep chasing things, but I'm going to stick to my notes. My wife advises me all the time to stick to my notes, so that's what I'm going to do with you guys. A king knows he has access to all of God's resources. Now, we're talking about a king aspect, and so everybody's mind is probably going to money, right? Like, you're talking about being rich, you're talking about treasure and all that stuff. It, it's not just money. Yes, it is money. Like, y'all know this thing takes money to happen, right? Pastor Josh doesn't have a church without money in Buffalo, right? So let's all get past that. Ministry takes money. But it's also gifts, talents, solutions. Like there's things in your life that takes an answer, right, that you may not have. You may have eventually when you mature into some, some areas, but you have access to all the resources that God has relationships. There's guys in this room right now that you may not have met yet that you need to meet before the end of tonight in order to get to your next level. That's keys to the kingdom right there. So don't give me the excuse of, well, I'm just not a people person. Purpose trumps personality, man. And we're here to advance God's kingdom. You can't do that sitting in the shadows all weekend and just hoping that you get by under the radar. This is about making kingdom relationships and connections because that's, that's part of God's plan. Man is not to be alone. He needs other men to step alongside him and flesh this thing out and learn from each other. So don't, don't, don't think that you don't have access to his resources. They're unlimited. All right, dive in. Number two, a king has a domain or a kingdom. Adam was first given a domain, the garden, to tend to and manage. It was his responsibility. Last night we talked about that, right? About how it was Adam's decision to bring sin into the earth. There's no separation in responsibility, man. You all have a kingdom, and it's, who, it's what you will be held responsible for one day. You got a family that's learning something from you right now. Only you have that responsibility. Only you can get home at the end of the day after having a 12-hour work day tired and have the opportunity to do the dishes. 
You don't have any excuses. We talked about that last night as well. Now that you are a king, you're not becoming a king. You are a king. Now you have the king and you have a king. We are kings serving the king in a kingdom that he has entrusted you with. So you don't have an excuse to have a dirty house because you're tired from working. When you walk into that environment and you see something off, guess who now has the opportunity to make that right? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Now look at the other one and say, that's me. (laughs) So now we talked about if you know what's right to do and you don't do it, it's what? So welcome to a new realm of responsibility. So nobody should go without having dirty dishes for the, at least the next week. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> so, Pastor, if you have any questions, just go and pick somebody out and go inspect their house later. If they have any dirty dishes, then. Dang. See, I get whistles on that, but I don't get a, anyway. <laughs> so, a king takes extreme ownership of everything within his kingdom. Being a king means you don't have the option to blame anyone or anything else but yourself. Kill your excuses. There's a, a good book, one of my favorites, it's called Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink. Anybody read it? Yes, read it every, every year. Just remind yourself. His second book, uh, The Dichotomy of Leadership, is very good as well. It's a completely secular book, but the principles of it, is from, they're from God, like for real. It'll change your life. But it's, it's talking about taking extreme ownership of every environment that you're in. It doesn't matter if it's your home, your friends, like whatever environment that you step into, you own it. You're saying, I'm the answer. I just showed up. Jesus is in me. So whatever I come in contact with, now I will, I will take the heat. I'm willing to step into this fight. I'm willing to be that guy. You don't have an excuse to back down any longer. As a king, you're not scared of anything, any environment that you're going to walk into. I don't care if you're introverted or you just, you're not a people part. Like, no, you're the answer. So when you step out of this, anytime you feel any kind of pressure, once again, that's an opportunity to take extreme ownership. So if you go to work, if you go to the Thanksgiving dinner where people are getting sideways, like, okay, are you going to take extreme ownership? Or are you just going to sit on a lazy boy and kick back and watch the Lions play? Bills? I thought this was a go Patriots. <laughs> I, got, I got two guys. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Listen. <laughs> I, I, I kid around with Caleb and Josh all the time about Brady. Brady being my man, he's really not. I like the guy. He's got good mindset. I don't care who you are. That's true. The guy's a professional athlete. We need to, what we, what we honor moves in our direction. What we dishonor moves away from us. Remember that, Bills fans, okay? Jeez. (laughs) But seriously, seriously. This Thanksgiving, like, just because the dishes aren't done and you're tired and you've ate so many carbs, you've got to lay down for a second. Hey, let, let's, let's press in, all right? Let's take extreme ownership and let's, let's be the example that our family needs to be. Just because you have a finger to point doesn't mean you have a, a point to make. <sighs> Y'all can write that down. Go ahead. Take your time. Seriously, write that down. It's not okay to sit back on the lazy bull and tell somebody to bring you beer and just expect that to be good leadership because you're the king of the house. Listen, you're leading those who are following you in every way. You don't get to select what they pick up from you. Kings establish laws that will determine his kingdom's culture. Pastor JP back home has uh, one of the quotes that has impacted my life and, and my ministry in major ways. Write this down. What you tolerate, you encourage.
if you lead a lawless home, don't expect anything but lawless anything. Lawless behavior will follow. If you don't have strict understandings of what your family is going to stand for, don't expect your family to do anything but fall for the easiest thing. You've got to create a culture of discipline. You have to be intentional on how you're going to lead your family and the ones that are following you and the other men in this room. All right? You've got to have non-negotiables. You've got to have things that you're going to stand for. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But if you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything, right? Now, we can over-spiritualize that in so many ways. But you've got to know who you are. It starts back at the identity. Well, you formed your identity by standing for something or following for everything. So know the laws that's creating the culture of your home. Number three, a vision communicates vision. A king communicates vision. There we go. One, two, three. That's okay. That's okay. Just want to make sure you guys are still awake. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. So we talk a lot in this movement about uh, living by default or by design. Once again, you have to be intentional. Like, you have to have a plan. You got to give God something to work with. All right, you have to think about where you want your family to be in a year. If you don't have a family yet, where do you want to get a year from now to start a family? Like you you got to be intentional about this stuff, guys. You can't just live by default because the world will tell you exactly how to live if you don't. And you will formulate things in your mind that when you're 40, when you're 60, when you're 80, it creates junk that you can't see God clearly through. Live by design. Put that into place right now as you leave this place. We this this whole thing is about living on purpose. This whole movement is. Men have been told what to do for too long. we got to fight that. That starts with you communicating vision to your family and those that you lead and love. Every man, woman, and child wants to be called to greatness. I've never met anybody that says, how do I get to mediocrity? I would kick them out of my office if they did. So I think they already know that that's not the right thing to ask me anyway. But no great story of a king was ever absent of of any kind of risk or sacrifice, right? To achieve greatness, like you can have success, but you can fall into a puddle of money and just be like, dang, well, I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. This feels good. I can buy the cars. But greatness, what you're going to be remembered for, that takes sacrifice. To earn something that people will remember you for, that's great, that takes, that takes effort. That takes really diving in. And Luke nine twenty five, for what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Guys, good intentions don't cost anything. Like you, you, can, you can want to do good. But a righteous resume or reputation, like that costs you everything. It costs you everything. So what are you playing safe with? Like are you worried if somebody will talk about you because you said God when you, when you went back to work? After this weekend, you're going to be pressured into falling back into the same lifestyle that you had on Thursday. It's going to be easy to forget all this stuff. Because this is foreign. This isn't normal, guys. It is not easy. I'm telling you, I'm six years in, and I'll fight this stuff, and I'll, I'll work at a church, the church that this was birthed from. And the conversation is easily swayed away from this movement if I allow it. So if you work at a factory, if you work at McDonald's, like, this is completely foreign. So what are you willing to sacrifice in order to bring this with you everywhere that you go? You can't play safe. Like you have to commit. Not just, not just decide, but commit to this. And know where you're headed. 
What impact do you want your family to have on the earth? Once again, you have to go back to, to what kind of design are you putting forward for your family? What kind of laws are you putting in place to build a culture of growth, of maturity? Ask yourself this, why does your kingdom exist? The kingdom that you have been entrusted with, why, why is it here? Why did God give you a kid at 17-year-old? you got to know, like, okay, wh- I'm here for a reason. There's no such thing as coincidences, guys. And we can sit down and talk about that all you want to. I don't believe in them. I know every little thing that's happened in my life has meant for me to go through in order to get me here. All of you have experienced the same thing. There's things that's happened that has led you here. I don't care if somebody bribed you or they said they might have good food or it's warm and it's cold outside, so let's just go in here. I don't care why you're here, but there's a reason behind it. There's no coincidences. What does your kingdom value? Like specifically, not just love, like the love of what? Like know what your, what your family values. Know what those who are following you value because that's a reflection of you. That's a hard question. That's a hard thing to look in the mirror and see. Like if there's people underneath you that's struggling consistently with something, they're learning it from somebody, right? So let's take a hard look at ourselves. What do you value? What will your kingdom stand for? Once again, what's the non-negotiables, right? Like what are you here to fight for? What righteous fight are you going to go after? Better yet, though, what will your kingdom not stand for? What, what will you not tolerate? These are important questions, guys. If you have never asked yourself these questions, you're going to have a fun conversation with yourself and God. And the next time that you have a journaling session. What does your kingdom strive to accomplish? These are in order because if you don't know the one before it, it's hard to answer the one right after. So after you know what does your kingdom exist for, what's your va- what does your kingdom value, what will your kingdom stand for and not stand for, now you can see, okay, I'm starting to see a direction. I'm starting to see what my family is going to strive to achieve. So it's in that, in, in that order. Number four, a king judges wisely. The pursuit of God's character will always lead to wise decisions. We, said, we talked about uh, having no direction last night and being lazy Guys, the, the most dangerous tool of the enemy is a lazy man. Anytime that you take your foot off the gas, you have just opened the door for the enemy to bring your past back. To bring all the things that you know that you're susceptible to, that's when it'll flood. That's when it'll come back, full force. We don't have the excuse in any way to be lazy. We've got too much to do. We don't have a reason to take a time out we got to stay in this thing count it all joy like that I used to hate that when I f- first started pressing into this stuff I'm like no man I'm not going to ca- count it all joy because I don't like pain right it sucks too bad there's no way that that's the context that I'm supposed to believe this in but that's my favorite verse now honestly because I know now anytime that I feel pressure Something's happening. I know now that this is producing something in me that I'm going to need a year from now. Like, for real. Like, okay, there's obviously something ahead of me that I'm not aware of just yet. So I've got to go through this trial to mature me spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever, for me to be successful in the future. So count it all joy. Like, for real, count it all joy. I get excited. Like, there's a lot of guys that come to me for counseling, and they're like, well, I don't understand why my wife's just sideways. And I just start smiling. 
I'm like, because your marriage is about to blow up, man. Like, y'all are about to go to the next level if you decide to count it all joy. It's hard for men to see that because the world tells you, no, if you feel pressure, you need to back off. You need to give in. You need to let the wife take the reins. Like, you're not meant to lead. It's the biggest lie on the face of the planet that is trying to get you to back down and live by default. Matthew eleven twelve, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. Can I read that again? Because I really like it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. What's the last thing that you got violent with? A tire, a keg. No, seriously, we, we get into this movement and, and it's easy to fall victim to, okay, well, I'm just going to do my quiet time. I'm going to journal. I'm, I'm going to come to church on Sunday. I may get in a small group. Like, no, that's not being violent. That's not taking the kingdom by force. Man, this, this requires you to go boldly before your father and say, hey, this is what... I know that you have put on my heart to, to gain in this earth. You've got to get violent with that understanding. Like, you're not, it's not going to come easy. There's nothing about this that's, okay, well, I've done X, Y, Z, so now I get this on a silver platter. My next step is to achieve these other three goals, and then I'll get this other part of the kingdom. Or I may get another kid. I may get entrusted with an, a raise at work. No, you have to take that stuff. You have to step into it and say, okay, this is an opportunity. This is where I'm seeing something is missing. I'm willing to be that guy. You have to fight for that stuff. There's not a single step that has gotten me to my next level where I have been like, oh, wow, look, that door just opened up. Ooh, that feels good. That does not happen. Now, now if that happens tomorrow, praise God. But, guys, I've had to bust some doors down. I've had to get for real with the devil staring me in the eyes and say, not today, sir. I know what's in front of me. I know my purpose. I know my identity. And you will not get in my way. So what's your fight? Like, what are you fighting? Are you fighting porn right now? Are you fighting an addiction? Is there something in you that you know you need to kill? What are you doing about it? What are you willing to get violent with? Because you'll take it out on your wife. You'll, you'll, you'll push back the, the fruit of the Spirit called patience with your kids. But let's look in the mirror. And let's really see what we've got to get violent with. Because you'll only lose your temper on what you allow yourself to. I'm getting fired up now. <laughs> a king rests in the wisdom of God, not man. A true king knows where he is weak and knows how to access God's strength. That's true wisdom. Being able to humble yourself and say, all right, I'm at the end of my toolbox. Getting a man to the place where he accepts where he really is, that's when breakthrough happens. As a king, you cannot be too proudful that you don't recognize when you're in that place. That's wisdom. When you get to a place where you're like, okay, God, I really need you. Like, how often do you do that? How often do you like to stay in a place of pain? Because that, can be, that can become very familiar in life. You, you, you have a plethora of tools that you have built in your lifetime. You know, okay, well, when financial trouble hits here, I know how to shift things around and I can find a solution, right? I know if, if my wife comes home and she's been emotionally drained at work, I know how to talk her into it to where we can just go to bed and we can fall asleep and tomorrow she'll be fine. 
But if something consistently happens over and over and over again, when are you going to get sick of that? When are you going to give that to God and say, okay, this is not the life that you designed for me to live? And humble yourself before Him. Like, that's wisdom, guys. That's where you've got to learn to stay in step with Him and listen to the Holy Spirit. And you cannot lead if you're not self-aware. So a king is self-aware. Not only being humbled, but self-aware. So we, t- we call it the halt method. Anytime that you find yourself hungry, these are your blanks, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you have removed yourself away from a position of leadership. Your influence is now contaminated. So you, know, you, you have to know how to get back in, in, in that place of true peace. And, on, and be completely self-aware. Okay, why am I hungry right now? I'm not talking about just needing a cheeseburger. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Spiritually, when you're spiritually hungry, you can't stay in that position and lead others to God. You have to know how to humble yourself and get fed. You have to take a Sabbath. You have to be able to take your... All right, I, I know I need some, some, some time alone. If you're extroverted like me, you, it's, it's, I, I, I have a tendency of wanting to press in. Well, I just need to, to talk to somebody else. Maybe they can tell me where I'm getting sideways. I just need to get alone and talk to my dad and recenter where I need to be. Angry. So I, I was here in September, and we talked about uh, anger and heaviness, or I did in, in my uh, session and when, if you look at, in my opinion, when you're angry or aggressive, that's like looking at other people, pointing fingers, right? Like, that's when you're quarrelsome with, with those who are around you. When you're depressed, that's really a fight against God. Like, you're not truly understanding or believing the promises that he has for you. So that's, that's like working out your salvation, Right? But you can, you can work out your, you're constantly working out. We're always working out our salvation. We're always dealing with things that's coming to the surface with God. But if you're angry and you're looking at other people, like being quarrelsome with people that's causing difficulties in your life. Anybody know who I'm talking about? <laughs> that's, that's in a place of contaminated leadership. Because now you're projecting your issues on other people. So you cannot be angry and lead at the same time. You can't be lonely for multiple reasons. Like, you, it is not healthy for a man to be alone. You've got to have a brother when, it gets, when things get sideways, when, when you're feeling pressure. Like, you've got to be open with people, you know. I have three people that know everything about me. Before, I, before when I did not have that and I kept that stuff in me, I felt alone because nobody understood me. That's a dangerous, dangerous place because you create a story in your mind and you justify why you need to pull back, why you need to be alone. Well, if you just get over there and get quiet, then, then all this will blow over. Yeah, and then you'll go over there and you'll drink a case of beer and then you'll come back in and everything gets worse. Well, then, no, 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 you're okay. No, you're not. You've got to get this stuff out. You've got to create those relationships and forge the people around you to come alongside you and show you what you cannot see. And you can't be tired. Once again, if you do not have a ritual of a Sabbath, it's in the Bible for a flipping reason. <laughs> like, take a break. I didn't say take your foot off the gas. Like, I'm not saying back off and let somebody else take the lead. Lead in your Sabbath, right? By example, by casting vision. To your family of this is why we're taking a break because we need to regroup. All of this molds together, which goes to a king maintains unity. Order in the home should never be absent of unity with your wife. Like, y- y'all understand who, who all is married? Everybody should holler and scream and celebrate the fact that you have found the love of your life, by the way. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. 
I, did you did you holler, Mark? Okay. <laughs> just say just 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 making sure. I, I want to man. Th- it was really awesome to see you chunk that that keg earlier too. By the way, that, that, I love it. I love it. But seriously, being in, in step with your wife, like and I, like I said, I'm I'm six years into this, and my wife and I are st- are hashing this out every day. I'm not up here because I'm, I'm killing it and everything. I'm up here because I understand where I'm going to go, and this is just progression that I know I have to step into, right? So. I'm on, the, I'm on this journey with you guys, but I'm telling you, from, learning from, from experience, what you're learning this weekend, if you do not cast vision and create unity with your wife along the journey, it's going to create separation. I've walked through that with my wife, and I've understood that once I got on this thing, because I'm an extremist, like you give, you give me a plan, and all right, you better grab my, my coattail, belt loop, something, because I'm, I'm running, Right? Well, that leaves a wake of destruction. So don't outrun your wife by growing this weekend. Bring her alongside you. Communicate what, you, what you're learning. And seriously, let her understand emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, what you've experienced this weekend. And ask her to come alongside you and help you through these things. Because there's a lot of stuff that's going to come to the, should have already came to the surface over this weekend. And if she's unaware, she cannot help you. You've got to share that with her. Seriously, she is your best asset. Apart from God, she's, she's, she's the number two voice in your life. So there can't be secrets. If something that you know is convicting you this weekend, guys, tell her. She needs to know how to pray for you. She needs to know how to spiritually fight for you. And the same way back to her. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing... The gap, that, and I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. In the past three years, I have created, because I'm so, I'm a, I'm a line personality, so like, I'm in it, right? And if you're, if you're not right behind me, you better catch up, because I'm, I'm, I'm taking off. What I've done in the past three years is I've created a gap between my wife and I. And so, here recently, in the past month and a half, I've had a conversation with her, like, okay, what's the deal like, we we're, we're, we're keep fighting the same battle, right? Like, there's something that is in the way that's keeping us from clicking on all cylinders. And she was like, well, I'll, honestly, I feel like you have outgrown me in a few ways, and I don't know how to catch up. You want to talk about a crushing conversation? Like, who wants to hear that from your wife? So I had to step down from my place in that moment and completely repent and say, that is not my heart, and I, I seriously repent for that. And seriously, guys, in the past, in the past two weeks, so we've sat down and we have, I have taught my wife more in the past two weeks than I have my entire life. And it's been so beautiful how we now have a common language for the first time in three years. Because I have shared things that I thought, she just, she's got to know what I'm talking about. Like, she's been right here every night when I go to bed. Like, she knows what I've been struggling with. But if you don't have a common language, guys, you take things for granted. It's easy to take everything that God has given you for granted if you're not in unity completely. So I'm going to ask you, like, what's the last thing that you taught your wife? Like purposefully taught your wife. Like we talk about being a, a prophet, right? Well, we're going to be the spiritual father in the house and we're going to lead her in the word and grow her spiritually. Like that's, that's what we're called to do, right? But what, what, what is it about you personally that you're teaching her? What is it that you want your family to understand that you're teaching her or your kids? Like what are you intentional about? You're the teacher of the house. So, like, for real, ask yourself, what's the last thing you taught your wife? Because for me, it's, it's been a huge breakthrough, for real, because it, it'll teach you that she may not learn just like you learn. Because <laughs> the first, first time that we sat down, I was like, yeah, I know what I'm about to learn you. So we went over this lesson. At the end of it, I was like, so, that's good, ain't it? She said, I have no idea what you just said. I was like, no, 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 no. 
So just hashing that out back and forth, like learning how she learns, speaking a language that's different than mine, even though we love each other, like we're, we're in, in love more now than we've ever been. But you've got to have a common language. You've got to have a teaching language, a love language, all those things. So stay in unity, seriously, because she's there to show you what you can't see. Number five, a king manages his resources wisely. One, two, three. Yeah. Not everybody's asleep. I like it. Find your purpose. So we talked about like, you know, not knowing uh, what you stand for. You'll fall for anything, all that stuff. And purpose, uh, without it, you're, it, it's easy to get caught up in this performance mindset. Um, we've talked about in, in the culture here in Buffalo, like there's, there's a, la- a spirit of labor. Like just, go, just work, do your job, get a, get a paycheck, come back home. That's what's going to get our family into a place of peace, right? Like that's, that's false. You're not just a paycheck. You're not an ATM for your kids and your wife to find happiness in. So, uh, but, but in, that, in that spirit of working through uh, this, this performance complex, um, one of the quotes that God gave me uh, a few years back that um, matches up with this perfect is, the favor of purpose always trumps the hustle of hunger. So if you're just after that next level of, of paycheck, like, if, if that's all, it's, all it means for you, there's nothing favorable about that. Like, you want to go after what God's got ahead of you, right? Not just what you feel like is going to get you that next vehicle, that next house, or the toys that your kids want. Like, you can, you can chase those materialistic things all you want to, but there will be no favor involved. At the end of the day, those things will be destroyed, and you'll be left just as empty as before. So as kings, we must see money as seed. All seeds planted are investments, right? We, we try to look for good investments in, in, in the earth and, and find something that's worthy of, of being an investor for. And first off, this movement's pretty, pretty powerful. Maybe something that you could invest in. Not just monetarily, like give, you, give your time, give your treasures, give your talents, all those things. But as money, like what are you investing in? Is it Coca-Cola? I know a ton of guys that drink three Cokes a day, and they wonder why they can't afford a gym membership. Like, okay, let's do the math real quick. How much is three Cokes a day? Huh? Six bucks? Okay, six times seven. There's your gym membership. Right? I'm talking about a good membership. Like, you've got the, the tan and bed package and everything. <laughs> what does God promise you? Like, I, I want the big membership. <laughs> but seriously, like, what are, you're investing in something. Guys, if, if you smoke cigarettes... Let me just get on a soapbox real quick. This is coming from somebody who smoked, dipped, drank, all that. Like, looking back, I almost want to vomit because of how much money that I was spending each day on tobacco products. Just for a little, little taste. Okay. Well, there's, there's million-dollar companies that are profiting from your failure to lead. Is that too strong? Was <laughs> so, not, I hope that didn't convict anybody. Too, I don't see anybody getting up and walking out, so praise God on that. Seriously, though, like what are you investing in? You're making a decision to produce more of something in the earth. Why not something that God wants to produce more of? Hearts of men are always something to invest in and needs your investment. I'm not trying to, to push money towards this house, but Pastor Josh is trying to do something in Buffalo, New York that has never been done before. Why not invest in that? That is fertile soil. 
It really is. And it's something that needs investors to come alongside, needs kings to say, that's my fight. That's what I'm willing to pour into. That's how this thing works, guys. It really is. It's not just a good idea. Now, we can all grow individually, but if we all just stay where we're at right now, then the world will not be changed. We have to decide what we're going to invest in. Now, there's a lot of things, a lot of discussions that I've had that I've had to quit investing in that I thought were once good things. But I, I now have a, a, a brotherhood that tells me what's wise and what's unwise and convictions and all that stuff. But just know that you are investing in something. So kingdom finances are built on faith, not numbers. I'm running out of time. I didn't expect me to. <laughs> so we all know uh, the, the whole spill with tithing. I'm not going to preach a message on tithing, but guys, giving 10% to this house or your, your, your church home, that's the shallow end of miracles. Like if you're looking for something to happen in your life, where your treasures are, there your heart is also. And this thing doesn't happen without you investing and giving of your tithe. Like that's not a, that's not a hey, we would like for you to tithe. Like it's, no, that's, you're supposed to tithe. Like guys come to me all the time and they're, they're like, well, I don't understand the reason why I have to tithe. I'm like, because God said so? Is that, like, I don't know how to pretty that up and put flowers on it. I don't know how, how I can make you feel good about that. But, like, hey, if God tells me don't kill somebody, I, even though I might want to sometimes, like, I know God said it for a reason, right? Like, so what's, why do we, like, like the commandments over here, but when he says give 10%, we're like, oh, no, no, no. That don't make me feel right. I like Coke too much. I like Twinkies. I like Paula's Donuts too much. I kind of got convicted on that one. I'm sorry. If I lived in Buffalo, New York, I'd invest in Paula's pretty regularly. I ain't nothing like a peanut cream. Woo. Praise God. But seriously, a blessed 90% is better than an unblessed 100% any day. When I finally took the reins of the financial responsibility of my home, and, and I, I said, okay, 10% is what we're given. I'm, listen, my wife was not excited about that. We, we were early on this, and she was like, we can't do, do you know how much money that is? I said, you know how much money we're spending on other things? She said, yeah, but I like those things. I said, yeah, but I kind of like Jesus, too. Like, and he's done a lot for us. Like, why would we not... Not do what he tells us, to, tells us to do. And I promise you since that day, and it was hard, like for real, it was a hard transition for us to give that first 10%. It was a fight. But if y'all only knew the stories behind our financial situation and how we have not wanted for anything since. Now, I'm not talking I've always had a pretty bank account. But there's been times where I had a zero. But I have not been in the negative one time. Whereas before, I'm talking like two months before we started tithing 10%, I was like negative 236. It just kept on going. I'm like, what the flip? I'm, like, I'm tired of trying to do this. Like, God said to give 10%, just take it. Like, freaking take that 10%. And we'll see what, what happens. Like, legit, I have not been in the negative one time since I started tithing. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke, and I'm not saying this because I get the platform and I'm trying to pr promote 10% to this house. I'm not getting anything for saying this. I'm telling you the truth. Like, that's, that's a real-life story that's happened in my life, for real. So if that's, your, if that's your fight today, fight the hell out of it. Take it to God and say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Like, we do a 90-day tithing challenge back, back home just to give those guys that will not step into it, that I want to kick in the teeth. We give them a shot, and we say, okay, 90 days, try it. <laughs> Have we ever had anybody say anything less than that has blown my mind, and God has blessed me in, in unimaginable ways, like for real. 
It has been one miracle story after another. So seriously, guys, dive into that. Challenge yourself, challenge your family and your legacy to start obeying God's word on that. Anyway, okay. That's the last, yes, that's the last, last one. So just to, to sum it up, and I'm two minutes over, but anyway. Seriously, y'all have, you all have been given a domain. To finish up, you've all been given a kingdom of your own that God has entrusted you with. A garden to till up, to sow into. Let's start being intentional about it. A good story about this right now it, it, that's relevant in, in the, the U.S. right now. Anybody know who Kanye West is? All right. I have never been a big Kanye guy, just to be honest with you. Now, I'm all in, bro. But you know what the, the progression was? God gave him a domain, has been building a platform for Kanye for years. And we've all looked at that as Christians and said, you are spreading nothing but heresy, nothing but lustful thoughts, nothing but damaging mindsets for men, right? If we want to get on our spiritual soapbox, we can say, Kanye, you're spreading the devil's word and all this crap. But without that trial and transition that he's been through, look at the platform that he has now. How else could the name of Jesus be at Times Square everywhere that you look? Kanye finally understood what it meant to be a king and to say, this is what I have been entrusted with. And this, as, as, me, as far as me and my family, this is what we will do. This is who we will follow. And this is the fight we're, we're going to fight. And he's okay with that now. And now the number one Google search across America is the name of Jesus. Like, praise God. Who else has that kind of influence that could, could make that come to life? God, God's kind of smart, <laughs> you know? But it's not because he's just doing something in Kanye. There's a realm of influence that you have right now. You're not becoming a king. You are a king. And the people that are looking at you each and every day need you to understand that. And you need to get it. You need, you need it to sink in and click. That's when this thing starts working. And that's when Jesus is made famous. So let's all leave here and let's all be the kings that God created us to be. Amen? Amen. Thank y'all.